the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Happy to have you along for The Ride Home today. It's the Monday edition and the opening day edition. John Hall, my on-air partner, currently sitting high atop the green baseball diamond at PNC Park. So we will label him on vacation today. Um, Mike, when John bought three tickets for the game, this was months ago, weren't you thrilled? I was at yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was going to be you and me and John. That's right. On a sunny spring day in Pittsburgh, we we're going to be welcoming the Buckos back to their new season. It was going to be bonding. It was going to be a sweet moment, I think, for all three of us. And uh, no, because he had to take his family. Yeah, he totally ixnate us. Whatever. You know what? We don't need him. I, I saw a picture of he and his wife and his son looking all happy. I'm sure they look thrilled. How cold is it out there? Uh, it's very cold. Apparently, the high today is 43 degrees, but it is so beautiful and sunny. Beautiful. I bet it feels 10 degrees warmer than that. Sure is a beautiful That's day. That's just my guess. So, okay, I guess I can reluctantly give my best to John. Anyway, coming up on today's show, we'll be talking baseball since it is opening day, and it is a gorgeous one. And we've got sports writer turned professor Jeff Robinson with us in the five o'clock hour. Doesn't that make you feel good to hear that? I love that, Mike. This is a very quirky take me out to the ball game. Is this the uh, Boilermaker Jazz Man? I believe so. I think it is. It's my friend Paul Costantino. It's cute. No, wait, hold on. Oh. Wait. Because it gets good in a couple seconds. You gotta wait for it. Okay, get ready. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good? There it is. Isn't that good? Anyway, we're talking baseball today. Also, it's the first day of April, which means National Poetry Month. And if you listen to the show, you know that I've never, ever liked poetry, right? What's the point? It's so slow. It's so wordy. You have to concentrate so hard on it. Yes, that's the perspective I had until last year when I felt so badly about my hatred of poetry, and I committed myself to read one poem per day during National Poetry Month. And listen, got to be honest, it changed my whole opinion. So we're doing it again this year. Today's the first day. Mike and I are pumped about it. Mike, aren't you? I'm super pumped. Of course. Can't wait for it. And we've got Marilyn McIntyre from UC Berkeley who's got... Oh, wait. (laughs) That's the theme. There it is. It's our National Poetry Month theme. I've got Marilyn Marilyn McIntyre from UC Berkeley who's going to join us shortly after 5 p.m. Eastern Standard. Also, for all the focus on the 21st century American church on urban ministry, 
have we neglected rural ministry? Dr. Selji Bune from Grove City College is going to join me this hour to talk about it. And of course, because it's Monday, that means news from the nation's capital with my favorite and yours, I believe, White House correspondent Greg Clungston from SRN News. And Mike, speaking of Greg, he's not only leading our Ride Home March Madness pool, he is slowly dismantling the hope of each participant. He's crushing us, Mike. I'm so glad I'm not in that. Crushing. Let's, what's wrong with you? How'd you miss that? I don't know. I mean, I, I, gave you, I gave you a 12 noon deadline and you just decided to, you know, push it aside. I, I'm, you know, I'm glad I ended, ended up not getting into it because... Right, I'm because in, Greg uh, is beating us so badly? Yes. He's Whatever. crushing everybody. Whatever. And I'm in two other brackets. All right. <laughs> oh, fine. Like my bracket wasn't good enough. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, more on that when Greg joins us in a few minutes. But speaking of March Madness, Mike, a story in the Wall Street Journal today on the hottest souvenir at the NCAA men's basketball tournament this year. And it is, my friend, a rug. A rug. Rugs with the March Madness logo on them laid out in every team locker room of the sprawling nationwide tournament have become the most coveted item of the postseason. This is according to Rachel Bachman and Jim Cherusmi in the Wall Street Journal today. The roughly three by five foot carpets aren't for sale, which makes them even more desirable. The rugs are part of the NCAA's efforts to make tournament sites more homey. Team logos, nameplates posted from each locker, and branded towels are furnished to transform far-flung hockey arenas and opposing team gyms into NCAA tournament sites. And when each round ends, most of the trinkets are meant to be taken back to schools as mementos, but the rugs are supposed to stay put. But even among tournament participants, I mean like the coaches, I mean the players, I mean the school administrators, even NCAA administrators, there's a fair amount of confusion about the rules because everybody wants a keepsake. Mike, everybody wants to take a little bit home. And this is the reason I'm bringing it up because, listen, if I were there, I'd want that rug. Of course you would. I would want that rug. Wouldn't you want to put that in your little man cave or whatever it is? Yes, but I, I at the same time, I want to honor and respect their wishes. Oh, whatever. I, re- I do. Okay, listen. After Purdue beat Villanova, by the way, who I picked to win the whole thing, in the second round last week at the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut, Boilermakers guard Ryan Klein rolled up the March Madness rug in the locker room and made it as far as the hallway. Quote, I thought it'd be a really cool souvenir to take home, he said. But a security guard was like, no, you can't take it. Somebody from Florida State tried to take it, and we wouldn't let him. When Mr. Klein was asked on Friday if he would try to take a rug again after Purdue's Elite Eight game against Virginia, he laughed. Well, that would be cool, but I don't want to go 0 for 2, he said. That would be a little (laughs) embarrassing. Then... After Texas Tech's win over Michigan Thursday, Red Raiders forward Tariq Owen said he admired the rug the moment he set foot on it. I want it, he said. I ain't going to lie. I'm plotting on it. He leaned over and stroked it and said, it's a great rug. Rugs are the holy grail in locker rooms. They really are. And I know in the Pittsburgh Penguins locker room at PPG, you're not allowed to walk on the emblem in the locker room. It's it's absolutely forbidden. Well, yeah, it's 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 not only bad luck, but it's also out of out of respect. You, it's just like again, it's like the holy grail of the locker room. You can't touch that rug. You can't put foot. You can't. You cannot put your foot on that rug. Oh, I didn't know that. No, absolutely not. Okay, but if it wasn't that rug, I mean, the NCAA rugs don't have that same amount of 
gravitas because, yeah. you know, the Pens have won multiple Stanley Cups right. and they're a franchise that represents millions of people or whatever. Wouldn't you be tempted to take that NCAA route? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying I'm advocating theft. I'm just saying I identify I with these. Calf. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think you're advocating Look, no, I'm theft. S- I'm not saying they should take it. I'm saying if I were them, I would want to take it. <laughs> I'm just. I'm trying to express. I don't blame you. I'm trying to express some solidarity. Now, listen. Even the NCAA is confused about what's supposed to stay on the sites and what can be carted away. Ron English, the NCAA's director of men's basketball championships, told the Wall Street Journal that the rugs were among the items that teams were allowed to take. Hmm. We want the players to have a home feel in their locker rooms. He said, when their time is over and they're leaving, they can help themselves. But David Warlock, also of the NCAA, said, "You're not allowed to take the rugs." No. So they don't even know what they're doing. Okay, so they say, this guy says, well, you're not allowed to take the rugs, but you're allowed to take things that are team-specific, like the tournament towels. That's lame. Do you want a towel? No. I don't want a towel. I mean, now, several of the players said they really would like the towels, and several of the coaches later in the article say that they use the towels as like a like a motivational thing, you know, and in future, you know, past towels, you know, in future seasons, they say, hey, this is what happened when we were at the, you know, whatever, in Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Or I just want the rug. I think that would be cool. I'd take it. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that you should take it, Mike. No, I'm just you, saying, yeah, I think you are. don't you look at a student like that and you think, what a great experience to make it to the Final Four. Yeah. If you're one of these teams, if you're like Greg Clugston and you've picked Michigan State and you're one of those people and you're, when it's over, you would say, you got to take at least something. You got to take a, some type of a trinket. Well, apparently all you're allowed the to take is a towel. Basketball hoop net or something. Okay. Now, all your emails of complaint saying that I've advocated theft, please, Kathy Thou at shall Word. Thou not steal, Kathy. Kathy at wordfm.com. I'm just trying to be honest. All Thou right. shall not steal. Let's get to it. Greg Clugston, live from the White House on the latest from our nation's capital. That is next. We're going to go get that rug. Pirates leading 4-3. WORD. It's pretty easy to become fixated in your relationship with food, counting calories, overeating, or turning to certain meals for comfort. On the next Focus on the Family, you'll be challenged to identify possible food fixations, and you'll get help with understanding the spiritual, mental, and physical reasons for those obsessions. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial, they've got a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, and Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses for years. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com and look for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania, plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call now. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 or find them online at marleyfg.com. The tradition. The suspense. The race. 
Kentucky Derby is the pinnacle of horse racing. Rocket Mortgage is giving away 20 VIP trips to witness the Kentucky Derby in person. And one lucky winner will receive $250,000. Use it to purchase your dream home or pay off your mortgage. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. The fashion, the mint juleps, the parties. This is your opportunity to experience it all firsthand thanks to the Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win $250,000 and one of 20 VIP trips to the Kentucky Derby. The Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. No purchase necessary. 21 years or older. Ends on April 7, 2019. Homestretchsweepstakes.com. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing? but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's a Monday on the ride home, which means that we turn to our friend Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, for all the latest, all the stuff that's going on this week in the nation's capital. Greg, welcome in. Thanks, Kathy. Hi. Hi, you guys. John, how you doing? Well, John's not here, and I'll oh, tell you why. Sorry. John's all right. John is at PNC Park taking in opening day for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hey, good for him. Yeah, so don't waste any pity on him, okay, Greg? No, no. It's not like he's homesick or anything. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, so... I, I'm in shock. Uh, James Comey uh, has tweeted, I don't know how many hours ago, but it was today, I guess only an hour ago, uh, something unbelievably cryptic on his Twitter. And it says, I'm in. We need someone in the middle. Hashtag 2020. Are we, yes. are we serious about this? <laughs> well, I, I think everybody's looking at the calendar and realizing right. it's April 1st and are assuming this is just a little fun on Twitter by the former FBI director. But can anybody be sure these days, right? I mean, uh, we, haven't, we haven't heard any confirmation one way or the other. He posted it within the last hour, and it's uh, generated a lot of retweets and a lot of comments online. But um, the general consensus is that this is an April Fool's tweet. Okay, but I assumed many things about James Comey for a long time. <laughs> And found that I was wrong about a lot of them. So I'm not going to make the same mistake now. Sure. And I think a lot of people are in that category simply because these are interesting times from a political perspective. Um, He is someone who obviously has a lot of name recognition, uh, whether it's negative or positive um, associations that are attached to his name. His name is well known. So uh, he can't be completely dismissed because he is a nationally known figure to some extent and uh, certainly would uh, w- would be an intriguing mm-hmm. entry into the 2020 campaign, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And was never reticent about making himself the story. No, absolutely not. Whether it was his testimony, the way he went about answering questions on Capitol Hill after he was fired by the president as the FBI director, he, of course, put out a book, had a, a you know a big media book tour and all the rest, and Uh, not shy at all in sharing his opinions. And some of his critics, of course, would point out that he was really all about, you know, just, um, you know, putting his image out there and and wanting to have his voice out there. 
Um, and so he, here he is again. He's put out some sort of cryptic and interesting uh, tweets in the past, and this one is just the latest. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's stay on uh, election talk as far as president goes. And Joe Biden, it appears from a lot of polls, in fact, I think every poll I've seen, he would be leading the Democratic pack. Of course, he hasn't said that he's running yet, but we all assume that he is. But now in the last three days, all these stories are coming up, you know, recent or not recent or, you know, decades old stories about Joe Biden kind of being too friendly with ladies and too physically affectionate, which wasn't a big deal publicly maybe 20 years ago, but now in the hashtag Me Too era, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it really is. And it, it really speaks to the, the current environment, the current political atmosphere, especially on the campaign trail. And as you rightly point out, Joe Biden has not made any official announcement yet, although he has been dropping some serious hints that he is moving in the direction of launching a 2020 presidential campaign. And so in light of this recent allegation from a woman who was, um, in 2014, a Democratic uh, candidate for state office holder in Nevada, said that she just felt completely uncomfortable when, um, at a public event, you had the vice president at that time. Um, she said, sniff, um, you know, or smell um, her hair and give her a kiss on the, on the top of her head in sort of a friendly uh, affectionate way, but she said that it made her feel uncomfortable. Now, the president, the vi- former vice president, has put out a statement saying that he never meant to make anyone feel uncomfortable, and he also said that he 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 said that he never had any um, you know wrong intention in terms of whether it was handshakes or hugs or other forms of affection on the campaign trail or working a rope line as as politicians often do. Uh, but again. This is the climate that we are in, yeah, and he's getting he's yeah. getting a taste of that, even mm-hmm. though he's not a, de- a declared candidate yet. Right now, he's also saying that these photos that are being dug up, some are taken out of context, and some are doctored. Yeah, and he's also relying on on the help of of some women, including the wife of the former Defense Secretary Ash Carter during the Obama administration, who said. Um, that you know she she was uh, in a public ceremony once after having fallen on the ice and wasn't feeling well and was a little nervous about standing up in front of the ceremony and he had kind of you know rubbed her shoulders or put his hand on her shoulders and uh, at the time even at that time people had thought that that was maybe a little overly friendly but she was she is has uh, come out with a statement of her own and saying that she uh, she was completely comfortable with that. The, mm-hmm. the vice president was uh, completely appropriate in that, was trying to make her feel at ease and, and sort of calm her nerves. So there are other people who have different takes on this than the woman from Nevada. Okay. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Um, Greg, when President uh, Trump was elected, the number one thing that he said the Congress was going to work on was repeal and replace of Obamacare. Um, now, we all know how that panned out. You know, there was such a war between conservatives um, and liberals within the Republican Party that nothing was able to be agreed on. Um, And so it was just one type of argument after another, some public and some private. But now it seems like Trump is saying that GOP, the party which in many ways has said, no, let's stay out of health care. This is the thing that needs to be handled by the free market. Now he's saying GOP is the party of health care. Yeah, he's been saying that. Really, um, on, a, on several occasions over the last few days, really since the, the the Mueller report was finalized and we had that summary 
this time last week, you know, coming from the Justice Department. And just a day or two later, you had, in fact, it was a week ago tomorrow, last Tuesday, uh, the president started um, with a fresh attack on Obamacare, mm-hmm. and he was up on Capitol Hill meeting with uh, Senate Republicans, and uh, he has since repeated this statement since last Tuesday, but he vowed to make the Republican Party, in his words, the party of health care. And he and he's really has been expressing very familiar statements from what uh, we heard, especially during his first year in office. He was describing Obamacare as too expensive for a lot of Americans, calling it a disaster and simply horrible, and that the country can't live with Obamacare. Um, and this is interesting because, as, as you just pointed out a couple of moments ago, here you had the Republican Party in control of the House and the Senate during the president's first two years in office. And you had the famous vote early on with John McCain being one of the Republicans who, who voted no against the repeal and replace that essentially you know, ended the, uh, the effort in the Senate. And, you know, the, the president was, of course, very unhappy with John McCain. But the idea that the Republicans are going to be having this as um, a, a new effort with divided government on Capitol Hill is leading a lot of people to wonder exactly what the president right. is up to when he's making this claim. I mean, if you're not going to be able to pull it off when you've got the House and the Senate and the executive branch, there is no hope now. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying, Kathy. You're right. Uh, yet, on the other hand, there are uh, are some who are surmising here that the president is simply wanting to use this as a branding effort as he goes into the 2020 campaign, uh, with some people suggesting that if the president simply says it enough, and we have we have um, a history of the president, you know, repeating certain claims, whether it's fake news or what have you, um, he says it repeatedly enough that it gets into sort of the mindset of the American public as, um, okay, if, if they're the party of health care, they're the party of health care. I mean, perhaps, you know, whether or not that's, that's true or not, there are some people who think that maybe this is simply just uh, a campaign tactic of the president as he's gearing up for 2020. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting question, right? Because when you're looking at the president's base, it's full of people who would lean populist. And so being the party of health care would probably be interesting to them. That would be something that they could climb onto. But he also, in his base, has a lot of fiscal conservatives who are, have always said from the very beginning, we don't want, as I said, the government anywhere near health care. And, you know, if, if the GOP actually is branded that way, he's going to lose part of his base, I think. Sure. And what we what we learned, especially during 2016, his first year in office during the repeal and replace effort by Republicans, is that um, you know, Americans from all political you know stripes do like certain aspects of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, um, especially the idea that you know you can't lose your coverage because of pre-existing conditions and and uh, helping students who are you know over the age of 21 or 22 go a, a few more years on their parents' health care. I mean, there are some parts of that that even Republicans who were opposed to Obamacare at the very beginning um, have latched on to. So it, it's sort of a, a, a dicey you know path to to work here because there still are aspects of the health care law while it's still widely criticized mm-hmm. by Republicans uh, that are, you know, are liked by parts of the American public. And Greg, do you feel like that, you know, that sector um, of the Republican Party that is that is um, 
more conservative economically and thinks that there should be no connection really between the government and healthcare. It should be strictly market based. They're probably not on board with Trump anyway, um, I guess. And so maybe it's not that much of a risk for him. Right. He's, you know, whether or not you think the president um, is has been successful or not um, with various policies or various actions he's taken over the first, you know, two plus years in office. One thing that you can't really, uh, you know, knock him for is is um, serving his base of supporters. He, you know, whether it's uh, Supreme Court justices, whether it's pro-life, uh, sanctity of life issues, uh, whether it's uh, following through on his economic plan, uh, he has been uh, devoted to supporting and following through on the promises that he made to his base of supporters. So he 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 probably has given this some thought mm-hmm. when it comes to the health care issue, yeah. and he's he's right in line with his base of support. Yeah, Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. All right, Greg, we've talked about what's going on in the nation's capital. But let's get to the important stuff. Okay. Yep. It's uh, March Madness, Greg. And. Um, oh, I understand your hesitation now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I invited you to be part of our pool. I want you to know. And I, I extended that because we've been friends for a long time. And I thought that this, you know, could be a thing like you could be bonding and we could all be friends and all that sort of thing. But something horrible's happened, Greg. And um, not only are you winning the pool, but you have slowly dismantled every single member of it so that all of us are dead in the water and you are the only victor. Well, first of all, Kathy, I want to thank you for the invitation to be a part of the pool. <laughs> very kind of you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I just, uh, I, I hope the bonding, yeah. I, I hope that can uh, can still take place. Uh-huh. Um, although I'm, I'm sensing from, from your tone of voice here that uh, perhaps that's lost at this point. Well, no, know. it's not lost. I just have to overcome my resentment. And I, and I think I just need time at this point. But okay, so when you pick Michigan State, now, are you an alum of Michigan State? I am. I uh-huh. went to grad school there, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Now, did you have a child that also went to Michigan State? No, no. Mm. I, I had a child who went to school in the state of Michigan, okay. but not at Michigan State. Okay. All right. So now you being an alum, it, it actually makes it worse because not only have you won over all of us in the pool, but now it's like a really personal thing for you because this is this is your alma mater. See, that's the thing. Um, I was telling somebody earlier today that um, I'm pleased with my in my pick when it comes to my bracket, to have MSU advancing to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. But I'm prouder just because it's a team that I, I like to root for anyway. Right. So there is that personal a- um, aspect. You're absolutely right. Well, I have to tell you, it was a terrific game last night, yesterday afternoon. It was unbelievable. I mean, what a game. Oh, it was. I mean, it was it was it was a roller coaster, all right. And and look, Duke. I mean, they are they're always phenomenal. Yep. It seems year in and year out. Yep. Um, but they just played with fire um, too many times because they had you know two consecutive last second wins mm-hmm. in the tournament and they couldn't make it three in a row yesterday. But it was it was a thrilling finish. Yeah. Well, I have to say. That when I saw Tom Izzo and he was, you know, in tears at the end and his wife was hugging Magic Johnson or whatever. I mean, I, I, I had to say that that was a pretty sweet picture and I'll have to give you all the props for that. Well, thanks. I, I had some friends who were um, uh, who had picked Duke who are Duke haters, but they just had to put them in their bracket because they figured the Blue Devils were going to go all the way. And, sure. Uh, they were they were cheering Duke's 
loss yesterday, even though they had them in the bracket, just because, you know, because it was Duke. Yeah. I mean, what can you do? So, all right. And I noticed that uh, John was conveniently absent from our conversation today. Listen, I think that maybe this ticket that he got to opening day was a last minute thing. Like last night, as soon as the uh, as soon as the horn honked, he was like, look, I got to get out of the studio tomorrow. I think you're exactly right. I'll tell you what, he's terrible when it comes to a bracket. (laughs) Thank you, Greg. That's Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent, and the victor in uh, the ride home pool. We don't even need to wait till the final four is over, Pete, because people, it is done. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an original mattress factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. This Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, Bistro pecan sweet potato casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to grand events. All reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. This Friday, don't miss The Best of Enemies, starring Academy Award nominee Taraji P. Henson. I play Ann Atwater, a civil rights activist who was able to approach hate with love. And Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. All the better if you don't get my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. If you change one heart, you can change the world. I have a Bible. And then you ought to know, same God made you, made me. The Best of Enemies. Based on the untold true story. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters Friday. Now, on a brand new night, it's Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome. The first Wednesday of the month, join Kenny Woods and a live Word FM audience and skate to your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could win a free skate night for your family or youth group. Admission $7. Skate rental just three more. Pastors and youth pastors skate free. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome continues Wednesday, April 3rd. Groups over 30 must register in advance. Email info at skatenrd.com. Get smarter every day at ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try ozy.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. Clear to partly cloudy and cold tonight, low 27. Sunshine and clouds during the day tomorrow, a milder afternoon, high 54. Mostly clear tomorrow night, low 35. Another nice day on Wednesday with mostly sunny skies, high 58. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Allison Hoig. 
on 101.5 Word FM. Well, I beat the drum and hold the phone. The sun came out today. We're born again. There's new grass on the field. Around the third and headed for home. It's a brown-eyed, handsome man. Anyone can understand the way I feel. Oh, put me in I'm ready to play. It's opening day for the Buckos. And I wish I had better news for you, but it is uh, tied up at four in the eighth. And um, I think Birdie is the one who led in that last run. I was not paying a whole lot of attention because, of course, we have a radio show here going on. Um, but it is tied. <laughs> Mike, are you glad I was focusing on the show? Yeah, I'm so good. Proud of you, Kat. Thanks. It was hard for me to have my attention, you know, <laughs> diverted in two areas. Um, anyway, so it's tied up at four. All right. Hey, I, I want to thank our friends at the History Channel for um, for sponsoring a portion of today's show. And the reason that we've come in contact with the History Channel and the reason that we've joined forces here is that there's a brand new eight-episode series which started last week called Jesus, His Life. And, uh, you know, it's a really interesting product of the History Channel because it's telling the story of Jesus from eight different perspectives of people who knew him. So they're taking uh, Caiaphas, uh, Pontius Pilate, John the Baptist, Mary, etc. And it and it's looking at Jesus from their perspective. Now, here's the interesting thing. They're going to talk about kings and politicians and soldiers and the whole thing. And there's a whole interesting group of scholars who are involved in the show who are interviewed. And you're going to hear a lot of things on the show that you don't agree with. And you're going to hear a lot of things on the show that you do agree with. But what we're hoping is that it's going to engender some conversation in your own family. Um, You're not going to look at it as gospel because it's a TV production, but you're going to look at it as something to help you and your spouse and your parents and your kids actually talk about who Jesus is. Now, each episode of this series, a new biblical figure, as I said, takes a turn and a kind of guides you through what Jesus' story is. And so you learn about how he was born and how he lived and how he died and what the resurrection was like. And so there are portions of it that are scripted and there are portions of it that are interviews. Um, And as I said, hopefully this is just going to be a jumping off point for you as you and your family come up and we're close to uh, Holy Week. And we recognize that these are the essential elements of our faith. So how are we going to be able to talk about them? And how are, go- how are we going to make them real to our families and our kids and our neighbors and our generation? So anyway, check it out. Jesus, his life. There's a trailer that's available. Hopefully you saw last Monday's episode, but the next one is coming up tonight. Jesus, his life on the History Channel. Are you ready for heaven? If you knew that Jesus was returning next week, next month, or even next year, what changes would you make in your life, and maybe more importantly, in your heart? 
Well, these are some of the tough questions Dr. J. Vernon McGee asks this week on Through the Bible as our study of the Old Testament book of Isaiah continues. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll save a seat on the Bible bus just for you. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. My Pillows, Mike Lindell, is on a mission to help you get the best sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and he certainly helped me. I love my pillow, as you well know. But now, Mike has gone the extra mile, nearly 6,000 miles, in fact, all the way to Giza in search of the best Egyptian cotton in the world to create the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. My Pillows Giza Dreams bed sheets, luxuriously soft, breathable, and extremely durable. One night and you'll never want to sleep on anything else. And right now, get a special 30% off My Pillow Dream sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800-391-0954 or place your order at mypillow.com. 60-day money back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800 800- 391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com and be sure to use the promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Hi, I'm Mike Ditcher. On the field, they called me Iron Mike. But some days, even Iron Mike can feel a little rusty. So I turned to Blue Emu. Blue Emu's non-greasy, deep-penetrating formula gets down deep for big-time comfort. And more importantly, it doesn't leave me smelling like a locker room. Now, do you excuse me? I have some yelling to do. You hit like old men. Blue Emu. It works fast and you won't stink. When you give to food for the poor, you save lives. When you give to food for the poor, you bring miracles. When you pray for your children, what do you pray for them? Que lo que le pido a Dios que Dios me ayude para darle otro día sus comidas. She prays that God help her to give them at least one more day of food. So it's a daily prayer. I pray every day to have God in my heart, and I pray that my daughters are able to go to school. Would you let God bring a miracle through you? Food for a year, water for life, to save a child who's been praying for a miracle. Your $80 one-time gift makes that miracle happen right now. Food for a year and water for life by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword hope. Or give online at wordfm.com. As parents, you're dedicated to seeing your kids live out God's call for their lives, to enter adulthood with discernment, integrity, biblical values, and the ability to thrive in work that's meaningful, to not only make wise and faithful decisions, but defend them as well. At Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin, pre-K through 12th grade students thrive in an environment that fosters biblical discipleship and authentic education. Cornerstone Prep, ready for life at cornerstoneprep.net. We've talked about a lot of ministry ministry strategy on our show over the last decade. And um, urban ministry is something that has always been close to the heart of Pittsburghers. You know, we love our city and we love the unique ethnic neighborhoods of our city. And we long for our cities to be renewed 
and restored and um, for the city to act like the city was supposed to act, to be a, you know, a generator of ideas and uh, capital. And um, those of us who've lived in the city of Pittsburgh for years or decades have that passion in us, those of us who follow Jesus. And, and we look at urban ministry as something that's so essential. But in our eagerness to be involved and to be committed and to push forward this idea of urban ministry, have we forgotten about rural ministry? Well, to answer that question, we've invited Solji Bune on the show today. Dr. Bune is the chair of Department of Biblical and Religious Studies and Philosophy at Grove City College. Dr. Bune, welcome in. Thank you, Kathy. Good to join you. So that's the question. Have we, in our eagerness to support the cities that we love, have we ignored our rural communities? Yeah, I think to some degree we have. Um, so much attention has gone into church planning and urban contexts and um, you know, re- revitalizing some of the urban areas, and we see that in Pittsburgh uh, as an example. Um, and yet there's such a sort of an exodus of resources and people from rural areas, and um, I think in, to some extent we have neglected the rural areas. Um, and so this project... Uh, is uh, really about, um, well, it's about two things. One is asking how uh, we as a college can be a good neighbor to rural churches and communities. As you know, Grove City College, where where I'm at, is quite rural. Um, It was founded, it was established to help people in this region to get an affordable education. So we're we're positioned to to sort of think about this, but the other thing is uh, uh, we do want to learn from these rural pastors and communities. I think there's, uh, like you said, there's so much effort that's gone into urban areas. Um, and the rural, and the, I would also say include in there, uh, Rust Belt communities mm-hmm. have either been left in the dust or they've been mischaracterized. And so another, uh, another thing we want to do is to learn. Uh, to to know how to better serve rural and Rust Belt communities. I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding there. So uh, we're not the only ones. There's there's a little bit of a revival to help rural communities. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're, we're really thrilled about this project. Yeah, well, you know, it's exciting. I, I took some time this morning to read about it, and um, it's called the Project on Rural Ministry. And the thing, first of all, I was excited about is that it's a five-year grant-funded initiative, so it's not something that you're going to dip your toe in for the next six months and then have to leave. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, it will take some time, I think, and that's what we're really excited about. The Lilly Foundation um, awarded us a um, million dollars to, and, and, and really the idea was to help pastors thrive. That's what they Mm -hmm. want us um, to figure out uh, how to do. So um, it's a five-year project, and uh, we're focusing on three regions that are really just kind of around the Pittsburgh area. It's sort of the Northern Agricultural, I-80 Corridor, um, Clarion, Crawford, Mercer, Venango, Warren, you know, that, that, that area. Then also, I would definitely include in our definition of rural, we want to ask the question of how can we help some of these um, Rust Belt post-industrial communities? Um, you know, it's not just the, uh, the you know, wheat-producing counties, um, Beaver County, Armstrong County, Butler County. There's an element of rurality there that we really want to come alongside pastors in those regions. And then obviously the Appalachian region is also a different type of rural, um, so that's another region we want to uh, 
just uh, partner with pastors in those areas as well. Um, so hopefully the idea is that we will get 10 churches, 10 pastors in those three regions and just partner with them to learn from them. Um, you know, the money is going to go towards giving um, paid internships to some of these churches, uh, service learning projects, uh, and just to really interact with pastors uh, and to, as a college, to come alongside them and to, to think about how we can be a better neighbor to them, really. Dr. Soldier Bune is with us from Grove City College. We're talking about the Project on Rural Ministry, which is a... Um, a a thing that's found, that's funded, pardon me, the generosity of the Lilly Endowment Incorporation. Um, and I'm sure you can't even describe how grateful you are to have this sort of support from a nationwide agency and something that's going to impact so many people locally. Right. Yeah. And it, we were we were absolutely delighted um, when we were awarded this uh, money. I mean, they are, they are really generous. And they, they have actually... Um, they have various initiatives to try and help churches, uh, and this one is called the, the Thriving in Ministry Initiative. And uh, I think they looked at what we're trying to do, and um, you know we've interacted with them, and they've been nothing but positive about what we're trying to do. Um, and really, what we want to do is, we, you know, I think rural communities and Rust Belt communities have gotten a bit of a bad rap, and. We want to champion, you know, the, these areas. Um, there's so much that is wonderful and so many opportunities in this area. We would love, actually, for our students to visit communities um, that are in these uh, surrounding regions and to, to get a new vision for what could be for them. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of everybody... Um, migrating into the urban areas. Uh, there's so much um, that can be redeemed and uh, so much that can happen in some of these rural um, small town communities too. That's another um, a term that I think um, we're using. Uh, so we're, we're so excited about the possibility of um, what that means. And, and to be honest, this is a, um, uh, a learning opportunity for us, and if if there are things that we can learn, we want to kind of scale that out even bigger. Um, we, we we want to stay focused on the task at hand, which is the project on rural ministry. But you know, Lord willing, if 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 this becomes uh, something that um, uh, we have some real concrete ideas that we can, uh, in communication and in partnership with pastors, uh, we hope to. Uh, scale this out even even larger. Um, so we're just really, really excited. And yeah. I would encourage anyone who is interested in this, you know, even if you're not a pastor, if you know a pastor in some of these counties, you can go on our website, ruralministry.org, and everything's uh, spelled out quite clearly there. Sure. Um, we just encourage you to apply. I mean, the deadline's coming up soon. It's uh, April 26th. Um, it's about another month away, but um, please uh, have a look. Um, we're so excited about this, and um, we would love to, to partner with as many people mm-hmm. uh, as possible. We're talking to Dr. Solji Bune from Grove City College. Uh, Dr. Bune, it's been a, a fascinating, I'd say, six months to 18 months um, as Amazon's been deciding where they were going to put their uh, secondary headquarters. And of course, we had a lot of conversation about it because Pittsburgh was in the top 10 and it was a possibility that they were going to come here. And then, of course, when they finally decided, they decided on Long Island City and uh, right outside of Washington, D.C. And that also was a uh, was a fascinating marker because it seemed to me a um, 
the firming up of the idea that all of the economic generation and all of the technological creativity is starting to be centered in our urban areas exclusively. And, you know, I I hate to see that. And of course, now they're not going to be in Queens. And so now we're not sure exactly what's going to happen with that other location. They might not even have one. But it did get a lot of good conversation going here on our show um, and on social media for us about what does it mean when we are starting to emphasize when it comes to voting, when it comes to economic generation, our urban areas and kind of forget about what's always been labeled as flyover country. Yeah, it's, you know, the past elections, I think, spoke loud and clear um, in the sense that uh, the the rural Rust Belt um, states and communities, um, I think they, they, in a sense, they were saying, don't forget us, we're still here. Mm Uh, and I, 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 I mean, I, I lived in Northern Virginia for a while, and um, everyone in that area will tell you it is almost getting so claustrophobic. I mean, the traffic there alone is unbearable. Um, and I think there is a um, a bit of a, uh, a reaction against that too. Uh, there, you know, I'm hearing of lots of people, even the Pittsburgh area, wanting to move out a little bit into the quieter. Uh, county. Right, let's get some um, open spaces, right? Yeah, that's right. There is this, um, we've hit a saturation point. There's only so much uh, that we can take in sort of the urban areas. And I really do think, um, I don't have the statistical evidence to back this up, but I think there will be a filtering out of uh, into some of the suburban, even beyond the suburban, the rural areas. I mean, even in Northern Virginia, people are actually expanding all the way out, for example, into basically West Virginia. Hmm. Uh, and um, so all the uh, it's becoming uh, one sort of um, trajectory from the urban areas to the suburban even. And now we're seeing people migrate out into the rural areas. So even as we're thinking about the project, we found it really challenging to define rural now. Right, because uh, it doesn't look the, it doesn't example, look right. It doesn't yeah. look it doesn't look the same as it did 50 years ago, because now it's That's you know, people are right. commuting. Yeah, people are commuting in from rural areas, and, you know, if the rural area is close enough to be able to commute into, you know, they're not just urban people anymore. Right. Um, they kind of identify as rural people or, um, yeah, so it's it's not as, I don't think we're becoming like China, for example, where that is certainly the case. Um, all the jobs are in the, the, the massive cities. And people are, there's a mass exodus of all the people in the rural areas into these cities and they're having to build these massive high rises. I don't think we're quite there yet. And I really do think there's something um, uh, in the spirit of uh, uh, Americans to, to still um, value rurality. Um, I do think we need to redefine what rurality uh, means. Um, I think that's something that we need to, to think through. And we're actually... We've had long conversations about what that means for this project. Um, The project, I'm going to have to cut you off there, Dr. Bune, on rural ministry is grounded in the fundamental insight that Christian colleges are uniquely positioned to amplify the voices, strengthen the networks, and facilitate the ongoing learning of local pastors and ministry leaders. We've been talking to Solji Bune from Grove City College. Dr. Bune, as you leave us, talk again about the website. How can people get involved? Yeah, so if they just go on to ruralministry.org, um, there's a link there that they can just apply. Um, there's a map, actually, that just shows very clearly, here are the counties that um, we are looking at specifically.
locally. So if pastors or churches are in those counties, it's like a 10-minute uh, inquiry. Um, just just go on there. It'll be very self-explanatory. An application deadline is April 26th. So. Terrific. That's Dr. Selji Biun. All the information available. You can also find us on our website, johnnycathyshow.com. New message. Your social security number has been suspended. If you do not contact us, your account will be deactivated. Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Spring House vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction, like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Does Christian education mean less opportunity for your child in areas like the arts? At Trinity Christian School, it actually means more. With two theatrical productions each year and a musical every other year, plus choir and band starting in fourth and fifth grade, led by accomplished teachers like David Minifield of Saltworks Theater and band director Joe Petron of the McKeesport Symphony and Duquesne University. Opportunity awaits at Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus said, but it's going to take a lot of prayer to make it happen. Join us Thursday, May 2nd, as we celebrate the National Day of Prayer, 6.15 p.m. at Christ Church at Grove Farm. An hour of music, prayer, and exhortation as we call on God to move in our hearts and heal our land. Free and open to the public, come join us for this special one-hour kickoff celebration to mark the official start of the Pittsburgh Prayer Conference. Details at wordfm.com slash prayer. opening day for our buckos it's the top of the ninth my friends and we're holding on to a one-run lead it's 5-4 over the hated cardinals the tying run is on second base and felipe vasquez is on the mound i'm very nervous but you know what i'm going to turn my attention to other things 
Hey, listen, I, you know, we talked last week about the uh, the unbelievable situation in San Antonio where the city council uh, voted that they would not approve the restaurant licensure at their new airport if Chick-fil-A was included in it because of, quote unquote, uh, Chick-fil-A's questionable history on human rights, which is the most ridiculous moniker I can possibly think of. Questionable history it's just on so human ridiculous. rights. Like we're talking about Boko Haram or something, you know, I mean, what in the world? <laughs> Okay, so the only thing this is about is that they don't like the perspective of the owner of Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has never been targeted, never been accused of anything regarding hiring practices or workplace discrimination or anything like that whatsoever. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is, and of course, just so you know, in case you didn't hear the second part of the story, is that the governor of Texas is investigating the city council to see if that was an infringement on the right of um, right of worship for uh, and the right right of religious belief for um, for a company like Chick Fil A. Anyway, we're now seeing the same thing on the other end of the country, up in Buffalo, New York. The Buffalo Niagara International Airport has been planning the construction of a new restaurant area for travelers. Guess what? They're only going to approve it if Chick Fil A isn't there. What is wrong with us? If you don't like somebody, just don't eat their chicken. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Britain's Parliament seeking four ways out of the country's Brexit morass. The first one is to stay in a customs union, some sort of customs union with the EU. That means that you maintain the same international trade policy and tariff-free trading between all of the members of that union. The second one is called Common Market 2.0, and that's a reference back to what the European Union used to be called before it was the EU, which is the Common Market, and that envisages an even closer economic relationship, so customs union plus also the single market, which affects regulations. Option number three is whatever deal came out of Parliament, it would have to go back to the people before it became the law of the land. And then the fourth one is... The power to revoke, to basically stop Brexit if a deal hasn't been agreed by next Friday. The BBC's Rob Watson. On Wall Street, the up by 330 points, the Nasdaq rose 100. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Here is your new Pella Lifestyle window when open. Here it is. Closed. The new Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. 
For a limited time, get 50% off installation and 12 months no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. Creation Fest 2019 is coming. Join us with your family and friends for a weekend of worship like no other. Over 70 artists like Skillet, Tillsong Worship, Crowder, Elevation Worship, Carrie Joe, 10th Avenue North, and Mendisa, as well as over 15 speakers like Bob Legs, Reggie Dabbs, and David Nasser. Be a part of the creation worship experience set in the beautiful mountains of central Pennsylvania. Go to creationfest.com to find out more. That's creationfest.com. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet. Serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Clear to partly cloudy and cold tonight, low 27. Sunshine and clouds during the day tomorrow, a milder afternoon, high 54. Mostly clear tomorrow night, low 35. Another nice day on Wednesday with mostly sunny skies, high 58. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Allison Hoig on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Glad you're along for The Ride Home today. It's the Monday edition and the Bucko opening day edition. And it is a spectacular spring day in Pittsburgh. So what could possibly go wrong? Let me give you the update that, um, speaking of things going wrong, uh, Felipe Vasquez did let in the tying run in the top of the ninth inning. So the Pirates tied with the hated St. Louis Cardinals. In case you wondered, uh, Mike, when we were in a commercial break, Mm -hmm. what the payroll is of these two teams, is this appropriate time for me to tell you? Of course. Okay. I don't think I want to know, though. Okay. I think I'm ready to tell you, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the Pirates' payroll for 2019 is $76 million. Okay. $76 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. St. Louis Cardinals, 168 168 Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's more than double. Just want you to know. Not that that should have anything to do with today's game, but I just felt like for the purposes of full disclosure, we should all recognize what we're talking about here. 
Anyway. All the more reason to root for the underdog. Exactly. If you missed our last hour on the ride home, we talked news from the nation's capital with White House correspondent Greg Clugston from SRN News and a little bit of rural ministry with Dr. Selji Bune from Grove City College. So you can contact our podcast at johnandkathyshow.com or find us on iTunes. We also talked to Greg Clugston about the fact that he has completely decimated all of us in our March Madness pool, (laughs) that there's no possible way of us getting out. Um, Of course, in the second round, I was completely done because I picked Villanova. I know you're thinking, why would you pick Villanova this year? Look, all I'm saying is deep in my heart as a pick graduate, I still want to be in the Big East. I do. I want to be in the Big East with UConn and St. John and Villanova and, you know, all that. And so I just thought, you know, I'm going to go, not chalk, I'm going to go with like the underdog, like Mike's saying about baseball, but I'm going to do that with college basketball. And of course, it didn't do anything for me, though I am still beating John Hall in the pool. So that's a little bit of satisfaction for me. Anyway, this hour, uh, Mike and I are looking forward to baseball with sports writer turned professor Jeff Robinson. And it is the first day of April. I know it's April Fool's Day, but that also means, friends, National Poetry Month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, why are you laughing? I just love it. I love this so much. It's my one of my favorite uh, months of the year. One of my favorite months of the year. That's right. Marilyn McIntyre from UC Berkeley will join us in a bit, and he's playing the theme. Now, for those of you who weren't with us last year in April, I admitted that I hate poetry. I've always hated poetry. It's so hard for me to slow down enough to appreciate it. I just, you know, I go, 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 and I like to read fast, and I like to do things fast, and I just, anyway, last year at this time, I decided I was going to have to figure out what the big deal is, because John loves poetry, and, you know, my oldest daughter loves poetry more than just about anything in life, and what was wrong with me, and anyway, I read one poem a day last year for April, and it really changed my perspective. I feel like I grew as a person, Mike. I feel like you did, too. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Proud so we're going to, would you say? I'm proud of you. Thanks. So Marilyn <laughs> McIntyre from UC Berkeley is going to join us a bit, and we're going to talk about uh, poetry, and I will read the poem of the day. Nice. Don't miss it. But before then, uh, a story from Saturday's New York Times written by Christopher Rivas. It's called, I Broke Up With Her Because She's White. What? What? When it comes to dating, I'd rather not think about race, but that's been hard to avoid. All right, so check this out. Mr. Rivas tells the story of his recently dissolved relationship with a white woman. He couldn't admit it to himself at first, but once he thought about his history as a Dominican, as in his family from the Dominican Republic, and the ever stronger pool of his quote-unquote brown community, he realized that it wasn't any issue with the girl as a person or their relationship in general, but he just couldn't bring himself to date a white person. That's just sad. I know. Let me read something from this article. It's been a year since I broke up with my girlfriend, and I haven't told her the real reason. I talked around it, mumbling about how I was trying to figure out who I was or whatever. She didn't understand. I'm not sure I do either. There was nothing wrong with her at all. I don't really know what my tipping point was. It just kind of happened. At the age of 30, I woke up one day, took a deep breath, looked at her and thought, I don't think I can date white women anymore. Now, maybe I wouldn't have broken up with her if it hadn't been for all the judgment coming my way. Over the years, I've dated brown women and black women, but mostly white women. I hadn't thought about why that was, but when some brown and black people in my community started giving me a hard time about dating white women, I sensed they'd be happier if I stopped. Now, he goes on to say that white people weren't a lot of help either. Quote, 
I also got weird vibes from some white people, namely the parents of the women I was dating, like the ones who, picture this, Mike, even after I'd been dating their daughter for six months, kept thinking I was from Puerto Rico. I've never even been to Puerto Rico. Or the ones who said upon meeting me, oh, I love Buena Vista Social Club. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a great movie. So is Gladiator. Why are we talking about it? (laughs) And the ones who asked me if I speak Mexican. Yes, that is absolutely a thing. So is the father who opened the door and said, sorry, it's not taco night. Oh, And then closed it in my face only to open it again because he was, quote, just joking. All right. So... Here's the heart of it, though. The the actual heart of the article and the heart of his feeling is this. And again, I'm reading from an article by Christopher Rivas in The New York Times over the weekend. He writes, but the real reason I think I can no longer date white women isn't any of that. It's because in today's hashtag woke society, there is mad pressure to be hashtag woke, to be aware of the implications of whom you're attracted to and why which means that in the eyes of others, the color of the women I date is a big deal. Like I'm the problem. Like I'm betraying my people if I date white women. But I was taught that we were all one people. I see people watching me with a stink eye, noses turned up, as if they think black and brown people would somehow be better off if I dumped my white girlfriend. I'll be honest, it's a lot of pressure. Along with each watchful eye, the whispers of, quote, pick a side, Chris, pick a side fill my already noisy mind. And I read this and I thought, what are we doing? What are we doing to ourselves and each other? Is this what we ditched the George Wallaces of America for so we could resegregate ourselves into tiny little ethnic interest groups that see relationship with other racial groups as disloyalty? Listen, people, this is not liberal and this is not progressive. It's the antithesis of both. And if we don't stop thinking like this and and if we don't call it out when we see it, we're going to create for ourselves brand new George Wallace's and, and new KKK's whose members all look alike and hate people who wear different skin. This is The Ride Home. WORD. Any teacher will tell you, before you can learn advanced calculus, you have to have a firm grasp of addition and subtraction, multiplication and division. This week, Alistair Begg continues our series called Christian Basics, Reinforcing the Essentials of Our Faith. Listen Monday through Friday to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country that you want? A plan that pays you back every year. Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial, they've got a custom-made plan for you. Now, as a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace. And Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans, both for individuals and businesses 
for years. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFinancial.com. That's MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call now. Marley Financial, 724-884-1490. Or find them online, marleyfg.com. When you give to food for the poor, you save lives. When you give to food for the poor, you bring miracles. When you pray to God, what do you say to Him about yourself and your family? I ask God for strength and courage with my kids. I know God doesn't ever give any pain without relief. So I ask Him, keep giving me strength to better raise my kids. Maybe put someone on my path that'll make a difference in my life. Let God bring a miracle for you. Food for a year. Water for Life, to save a family who's been praying for a miracle. Just $27 a month for the next year provides a family of four with food for a year and water for life. Make your $27 monthly pledge now. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say hope or give online at wordfm.com. I'm John Simmons, manager of agriculture for Tabasco brand pepper sauce. My family's made Tabasco sauce for 150 years. What am I working for? I'm working to stay true to our family recipe. At ADP, we're designing a better way to work so you can achieve what you're working for. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com. ADP, always designing for people. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. It's April 1st. Which means it's April Fool's Day. We haven't. I didn't play any jokes on you yet, Mike. No, you haven't. I mean, we got forty-five minutes of the show left. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> but it's also the first day of National Poetry Month. Now, National Poetry Month meant absolutely less than zero to me until two thousand eighteen. Now, I've always said when John and I have had conversations about countless things over the last decade, that if you're not going to be honest about how you feel about something, then you're not ever going to get to a place of being able to resolve anything or grow as a person. And so I felt like it was my obligation to just say out loud the fact that, you know, I've been a voracious reader my whole life and I love fiction and I love nonfiction and I love memoir and I love magazine writing and there's just no kind of writing that I really don't like except for poetry. Now, I can't really explain it other than I just have a hard time slowing down. So when if I'm reading, you know, a great biography, it's moving, right? We're doing we're doing forward motion. I'm I'm learning the story and I'm getting to know the person and the environment and I really like that. The poem it just puts it I couldn't get into the right place to ever appreciate poetry. 
And in spite of the fact that I have a daughter who loves poetry more than any other kind of writing and has since she was a little girl, in spite of the fact that I have to work with John, who, you know, quotes poetry to me and, you know, spent years of his life acting and doing Shakespeare. And so he's, you know, extremely literate when it comes to the poetic form. I just I couldn't. Just, I didn't want to. But I decided I would. So 2018, April, I decided I would read one poem every single day. And because we have this radio show here, I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, chronicle this. So I read a poem every single day myself, and then I read it on the air. And I have to be honest with you, I grew as a person. So to talk about poetry and wondering if poems can be, and this is a fascinating phrase, equipment for living, we've invited one of our favorite guests, Dr. Marilyn McIntyre. Dr. McIntyre is Professor of Medical Humanities at UC Berkeley and the award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing, Where Scripture Gives You Pause, which is a winner of Christianity Today's 2015 Book Award in Spirituality, and Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Marilyn, I'm happy you're here. I'm so glad to be back. So that's my honest story. (laughs) Well, good for you. Honesty is always good. And actually... I love working with students and have loved it for years who are willing to admit that they have poetry anxiety, you know, math anxiety gets right. a lot of press. But if you ask any classroom full of student, college students, how many of you think you have poetry anxiety? I'd say it's well over half. Is that right? Yeah, I think that somehow um, poetry seems to a lot of people to be something that you have to be gifted enough to understand or that only a certain clubby group of elite people get it or something. I don't know what English teachers do to people that makes them fear sure, of poetry. To damage them in that way. But you weren't damaged. I mean, did you love poetry always? I did. I came from a family where of people like John, as you described him, who quoted it and liked it and um and I grew up in a church tradition where when we memorized Psalms or First Corinthians 13 or something or passages from Isaiah, someone would point out, this is poetry, mm. and say something about the importance of poetry as one of the genres in Scripture, mm-hmm. which was an important part of learning to read the very multifaceted text that the Bible is. Marilyn, you yourself not only read poetry, but you are a poet. So you are informed by it and you produce it. Um, Do you have to be both things? I I guess, do you have to be the previous to be a producer? Not necessarily, although I think that as with anything we do, it's nice to hang around with people who do it well and learn from them. So if one wants to write poetry, it's good to read it and see how people have played with words. I think a real key word in learning to appreciate poetry is is to think of it as a form of play. And also, as a poem, every poem is an invitation to come play, come see what language will do. If you cut it off in odd places at the end of the line, or if you introduce a metaphor that you wouldn't have expected, or if you um, call on musical features like rhythm, what happens to language and what do you find yourself noticing? But I think if you can be playful about it, it's not dead serious. There's a wonderful essay by Howard Nemiroff, a poet, who about the similarity between poems and jokes. And it's not that all poems 
have that, but he, he talks about the punchline and how a good poem, even if it's a very serious poem, will find ways to surprise you mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. noticing things. That's the one thing that I think I noticed first when I started reading a poem a day last year, is that the ones that I loved, and I mean loved, I don't, I mean, there were, several, there were several that I read that I tolerated, but there were more than that, that I really loved, had a moment that I wasn't expecting. Exactly. And sometimes what you love about a poem is one line. You right. don't have to love the whole thing right. to say, wow, something happened here. Mm-hmm. Now, something happened, well, so- Marilyn, something happened here is maybe a a good lead into this phrase that you gave me called equipment for living. Now, you feel like poems have been that for you. They have provided equipment for your living. Absolutely. I borrowed that phrase from a critic, Kenneth Burke, who, who had a chapter in a book called Literature as Equipment for Living. But the way poetry has served me as equipment is to give me those lines that I come back to that sustain me. Um, and I find them emerging. I just quoted some of my favorite lines from Four Quartets to a friend this morning on a walk because they have helped me understand that I don't have to understand the final purpose of what I'm doing in order to do it faithfully. I can just do it and give it to God. Well, there's this passage in one of Eliot's poems that's perfect for that, that makes that point in a beautiful way, and that's been a place to go home to. And sometimes it's a very simple line, like at the end of one of Mary Oliver's poems. uh, She says, to live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your very life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. That's the end of a particular poem that someone gave to a friend of mine when he lost his wife. And that has been so helpful hmm. to come back to. So, so what does poetry provide for you personally that prose doesn't? Well, you mentioned one thing, which is it slows you down. Coming back to the idea of a poem as an invitation, it helps to slow you down. Mm-hmm. Say, so wait, let's just pause here at the end of this phrase. Let's not even go hasten on too quickly to the end of a sentence. But, and, and every good poem, I think, has a kind of undertow that says, hey, remember this image? We did this three lines ago. Now look what happened to it. So poems ask you to notice language in a way that invites you to go in rather than going on. Narrative says, and then, and then, and then. But a poem says, wait, let's wait some more. Oh, notice this, wait some more. So I think poems, by their nature slow you down. And, you know, poems to, I, I want to also admit there is bad poetry out sure, there. Right. So to say I like poetry, it's sort of like to say I like music. I like mm-hmm. some music. I like a lot of music, but there's also music that isn't very well done. So I think one of the values of learning to read poetry with other people is to develop a sort of thoughtful, critical understanding of what makes a good poem. And I think what you can judge that by is what does it ask you to do? What does it require of you? What do you have to rise to? 
Dr. Marilyn McIntyre is with us, professor of medical humanities at UC Berkeley and award-winning author. Um, Marilyn, talk about some other poems or bits of poems that have given you, as you said, equipment for living. Oh, well, let's see. I, I brought, knowing we were going to talk about this, I brought parts of poems. There's one by um, Denise Levertov that I've had a number of people memorize. It's called A Vowel. And I'm going to read it to you because it's just a few lines, mm-hmm. three different little things. A vowel. As swimmers dare to lie face to the sky and water bears them. As hawks rest upon air and air sustains them. So would I learn to attain free fall and float into creator spirit's deep embrace, knowing no effort earns that all-surrounding grace. It just has these three things. Mm. I want to be like the swimmer who learns to float on the water, the hawk floating on the sky. I want to be that way as I learn to trust, give myself completely in trust to mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. See, that's I beautiful. Writing a- well, Marilyn, let me, let me interrupt for a minute because that, I think that brings up to me one of the things that blocked me from enjoying poetry until last year. And that is that I, I didn't realize how cynical my approach had become to a lot of writing. Now, I, I read all sorts of different writers. But for some reason, when it came to poetry, I think I just had my guard up like, this is going to be cheese, or this is going mm-hmm. to be manipulative. And I just mm-hmm. didn't want to do that. Now, I have to be honest with you. I love Isaiah. I love Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I love the Psalms. So for some reason, maybe because I'm a Christian and I look at that as God's word, I never, like, I love those books. I never didn't want to sit and think on them. But for some reason, when it came to non-biblical poetry, I just, I didn't realize how much the cynicism of culture had really hit me or had become part Mm -hmm. of me. Right. Well, one thing it's helpful to remember is that if you take the long historical look, every culture in the world has produced poetry as one of the first things it does, poetry and dance and song. It's really a very deep human impulse to find a rhythm for words and to celebrate language in that way. It's just this side of song. And of course, every time we sing a hymn in church, we're participating in a poetic act. But I also think that, um, well, I just wrote a little book that's coming out this month called When Poets Pray. And the question that motivated the book was, what can we learn about prayer from poetry? And I really believe that poetry brings us right to the threshold of prayer, even if it isn't quote-unquote religious poetry, because in the way that it slows us down and says, wait, look, be attentive. That's something we want as we enter into a place of prayer. But a lot of poems are prayers. There's a, Mary Oliver has done a little poem called Praying, where just three lines of it are, just pay attention, then patch a few words together, and don't try to make them elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I think you have to share that again. That is truly great. Yeah, this is just a little bit of her poem called Praying, that she says, just pay attention, then patch a few words together, and don't try to make them elaborate. (laughs) 
That sounds like some criticisms I got on my writing when I was in college. (laughs) Like, just chill. Come to God with what you need. And so the idea that poetry has to be elaborate or flowery or somehow highfalutin or elite is part of what blocks people. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, All right. So poetry also, I think, reorganizes the way we think about things. You know, it it messes with the syntax of an ordinary sentence and it, it doesn't work the way story does. And so it presents experience back to us in a slightly curved mirror. So Marilyn, with our uh, time remaining, which is only a minute, um, what would you say to someone like who I was a year ago? Why someone who says I would never read a poem, you know, I'm too busy, you know, looking at Twitter or I don't know, fixing my kid's dinner. Uh, Why should someone take the time and start to read a poem? Because poems do, poems are not just fancy prose. Poems do something that nothing else can do, like every art form. It's like, why look at a painting? Because a painting actually can teach you something that looking at the real world doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so, and because poems have always been with us, and Every culture does them. That's something worth finding out. Why do people do that? Why read a poem at a time like this is a really good question, and there's a good answer to it. Dr. Marilyn McIntyre, professor of medical humanities at UC Berkeley, and her brand new book coming out, When Poets Pray. That's the upcoming work by Dr. Marilyn McIntyre. More coming up next in our poem of the day. tradition, the suspense, the race. Here's your chance to experience the Kentucky Derby firsthand. Rocket Mortgage is giving away 20 VIP trips to Churchill Downs to witness the Kentucky Derby. And one lucky winner will receive $250,000 toward a new home or pay off their mortgage. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. No purchase necessary. 21 years or old. Ends on April 7, 2019. Homestretchsweepstakes.com. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. My Pillows, Mike Lindell, is on a mission to help you get the best sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and he certainly helped me. I love my pillow, as you well know. But now, Mike has gone the extra mile, nearly 6,000 miles, in fact, all the way to Giza in search of the best Egyptian cotton in the world to create the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. My Pillows Giza Dreams bed sheets, luxuriously soft, breathable, and extremely durable. One night, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else. And right now, get a special 30% off My Pillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800 391 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. And be sure to use the promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Unplanned, the true story of Abby Johnson. I will be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. She believed in a woman's right to choose. 
So I don't have any problem with another woman making the same decision. Until the day she saw something that changed everything. Tiny, perfect little baby. And then it was just gone. Unplanned, the most important movie you'll see on the most controversial topic of our time. Now playing. Visit Unplanned.com for tickets. Rated R. Rated R due to graphic scenes not suitable for children. I got a call this morning from uh, my oldest daughter, who's a student at Grove City College, and she had gotten sick during the night, very, very sick during the night. And um, she said, you know, I think I got to get over to student health. Uh, I'm just so sick. I don't know if I can make it on my own. Anyway, so a friend of hers, you know, I felt, you know, as helpless as you can imagine feeling a moment like that since I was here and she was there. But uh, she had a friend help her over to uh, student health and, um and here's the thing. She ended up uh, being in student health for a while. They assessed her well, and then they sent her to the ER, and she got the treatment she needed, and uh, she's at home now, and so we're good, and she's recovering. Um, it's just a virus. But uh, I can say that there was a moment, not more than that, there were m- several moments in there where you have to say to yourself, okay, so that's my kid, and they're in college, and they're you know growing up, and you know they can care for themselves and all of that, but... You're still the parent, and you have to have a certain level of trust and confidence in the school that they attend. You just do. And uh, so wherever you decide to send your kid, uh, whenever you decide, whenever it's time for your kid to go away, all I can tell you is think about your kid being really sick, being um, on their own, and having to be in a place where the people are going to have them decide whether to go to an emergency room or not. I'm telling you, you want a kind of place that has shown you over time that they care about your kid as an individual, that they look at your child not just as a number, but as a person, and that they're actually committed not just to them as a as a student or as an academician, but actually as a child of God. That's how I felt this morning when my kid was sick. I thought, okay, so I'm, I'm going to pray about this. And I'm really grateful that she's at Grove City College because I know she's with a bunch of people who value her as a person. If you want more information about this school, I would recommend it. Find them online, gcc.edu. Partly cloudy and cold tonight, low 27. Sunshine and clouds during the day tomorrow, a milder afternoon, high 54. Mostly clear tomorrow night, low 35. Another nice day on Wednesday with mostly sunny skies, high 58. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Allison Hoig on 101.5 Word FM. I want to thank our friends at the History Channel. They approached us here at the station a couple weeks ago because they have a new project that they started on Monday. It's a new eight-episode series called Jesus, His Life. started last Monday. It's going to be a weekly thing, so the uh, second episode will be on tonight. And it's a, it's a 360 portrait of Jesus. That's what they're calling it. It's, a, um, it's kind of looking at Jesus from eight different perspectives, from the perspective of uh, Pontius Pilate, of Mary, of John, of John the Baptist, Joseph, Caiaphas, Peter, and others. And the series kind of looks at him as each of these people looked at him. And um, so it's it's a diverse group as far as the perspectives, but it's also a diverse group of uh, scholars and um people who are pastors and teachers who you're going to hear from in the series. And I'll be honest with you, 
You're not going to agree with all of them. Um, but that's not the purpose of the piece. The purpose is to just get you to talk about Jesus. Holy Week's coming up. And um, I think this might be a great tool for you to sit down and watch with your kids and your family and say, wait, you know, I agree with that guy. I don't agree with that guy. You know, whatever it is. But just kind of take this as a jumping off point. It's called Jesus, His Life. It's a new eight-episode series. You can check out the trailer online. You can just find it on YouTube. Um, but the second episode comes up tonight, Jesus, His Life on the History Channel. All right. So as we talked with Dr. Marilyn McIntyre in the last segment, it's National Poetry Month. And so what we did last year and what we're going to do again, darn it, we're going to read a poem a day. And uh, I believe, Mike, it's time. That's our poetry theme music. (laughs) This is a good one. I got this from my daughter. She sent it to me today. It's called Intro to Poetry by Stephen Bauer. And this is a perfect poem for people like me that don't get poetry. Like, why am I doing this? So this hopefully will take you into a different place, right? Here we go. You thought it was math that taught the relation of time and speed, but it's farther than you knew. From that sunlit white-walled classroom to this darkened lounge with its couch and overstuffed chairs. How many miles would you say since you talked as if poetry were no distorting mirror, one-way street? But listen, sometimes it's like this. A stranger's Ford pulls up and you, with no plans for the afternoon, get in. He doesn't talk, he stares at the road, and it's miles before you understand that you didn't want to travel. His lips say no as you reach for the radio's knob. In this silence, you fall deeper into yourself, and even the card disappears. The stranger's face blurs into faded upholstery, and all things being equal, you're alone. As though you've wandered into a forest with night coming on, no stars, the memory of sun, and a voice is asking, Is this my life? WORD. Looking to improve your marriage? According to Chuck Swindoll, there's nothing like a generous expression of grace. Grace forgives and goes on. Grace doesn't keep a record of wrongs and then dangle them over the wife's head or the wife over her husband's. Grace gives room to grow and to be. Hear Chuck Swindoll describe a marriage empowered by grace. Weekdays on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day, with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. 
GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at ramachristianschool.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. This Friday, don't miss The Best of Enemies. Starring Academy Award nominee Taraji P. Henson. I play Anne Atwater, a civil rights activist who was able to approach hate with love. And Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. All the better if you don't get my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. If you change one heart, you can change the world. I have a Bible. Then you ought to know, same God made you, made me. The Best of Enemies, based on the untold true story. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters Friday. Word FM presents the Pittsburgh Prayer Conference, Thursday, May 2nd at 7.30 p.m. through Friday, May 3rd. Join Pastor John Guest and an expert panel of prayer warriors from RPTS, Geneva College, the Biblical Counseling Institute, Impact Christian Church, and more as we explore and grow in this vital gift and privilege to the church, featuring seven general and two breakout sessions. The Pittsburgh Prayer Conference, May 2nd and 3rd at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets and details at wordfm.com slash prayer. It's a beautiful opening day for the Pirates. A gorgeous day in Pittsburgh. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's real cold, but it's a beautiful day. However, we're still in the 11th inning. I mean, people, it's a get like, I cannot believe the hated Cardinals were allowed back in this game. It was 4 nothing for like six innings. I don't know what the heck happened. Anyway, it's still baseball. It's still preeminent and the entire season stretches out in front of us. And so to talk about it, we're always happy to welcome Jeff Robinson to the program. Jeff is senior editor for the Gospel Coalition. He pastors Christ Fellowship Church in Louisville, Kentucky and serves as senior research and teaching associate for the Andrew Fuller Center for Baptist Studies and adjunct professor of church history at Southern Seminary. Now, prior to entering ministry, he spent nearly 20 years as a newspaper journalist writing about all sorts of stuff from politics to major league baseball. And so we're happy to have him back. Jeff, hello. Hello, Kathy. It's a privilege to be on. It's great uh, to uh, finally arrive at opening day, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it terrific? Now uh, we gave you a little. We gave you a little gift on your opening day as a Cincinnati Red fan. <laughs> yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. We tried to give it back in the way you sure did. And I was all about ex- in the night kept it. Listen, I was all about accepting that gift you were trying to offer. Yeah. Well, it took three pitchers to get those three outs in the yeah. night, so it was a. A hard earned. I'm not sure what that says about our closer, but we shall see. It's how about long, the how about the last at bat? How many pitches was that? Twelve, maybe. Uh, probably. It was probably. terrific. It, it was, was absolutely terrific. 
it was I was listening to it on the radio, which I love, and I was at my son's high school game in uh, Campbellsville, Kentucky, and another Red fan and I were listening to it on my phone, and we were just we were just we weren't it over with. Okay, if you're going to give up a game winning home run, just be done with it. Right. Don't just <laughs> but, drag uh, it out like this. They, that's right. Baseball is, as you're experiencing today with your game there, apparently, uh, Major League Baseball or baseball is very nerve-wracking at times. It really is. Okay, now, interestingly enough, I was also listening to the game on the radio, that same game that we're talking about in Cincinnati, your opening mm-hmm. day as a Reds fan. And there is something, un- it's just so special about baseball on the radio. I mean, it's just the way it is, and you must yeah. sense the same thing I do. So did you grow up listening to baseball on the radio? And what is it about this sport that translates so well? I did. I grew up out in the country in North Georgia, and we had three television channels, which meant that we had ABC, NBC, and CBS. And there was no such thing as Fox in those days. And so we had a game of the week on Saturday afternoon, which you didn't miss. And it was usually not. Well, sometimes it was the Reds in the 70s. They were good. Um, and then we had Monday Night Baseball for part of the summer. That's it. There was nothing else. And so uh, I, I grew up listening to it on the radio uh, every night. We listened to either the Atlanta Braves, which they would come in during the daylight, and then it would get dark. We'd listen to Marty Benham and Joe Nutsall out of Cincinnati. And I don't know, I, I, I still prefer it. My sons laugh at me. They'll say, Dad's upstairs listening to mm-hmm. the game on his phone. I really want to transistor radio. You know that. Sure, of I really course. want a radio. I, I, just, I guess you can't buy them anymore um, unless they're used. But uh, I, I, think, I think just the pace of the game, I think the, the, you know, it's, it's pitch by pitch by pitch. Like the game, that's a good, I think the last Thursday's game is a good illustration of how it works so well because it's so nerve-wracking at times. And, and it, the, the announcers, I mean, it, it unfolds slowly so they can talk about the game. They can paint a picture. And, uh, of course, Bob Prince, you've had one of the best announcers mm-hmm. in baseball history with Joe, uh, Joe uh, Nuxall and now, of course, Marty Veneman. And this is his last year in Cincinnati. Since 1974, we've had a Hall of Fame, annou- Hall of Fame announcers wow. as well. And they can paint a picture uh, that, uh, I don't know, it, there's just something about our imagination that, that, that enjoys that, at least with mine. Uh, it, it's, kind of the, it's kind of like reading a book versus watching the movie. I'd rather read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. uh, and so I, I, I think that's the, the correlation that at least I draw in my mind. So right. I'm a reader and I'm an I'm a inveterate uh, listener of baseball on the radio. There's a, a country song that says, I saw it all on my radio. Well, that's it. <laughs> I, I, I see it all on my radio. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, know <laughs> if this is, I don't know if this is a book I want to read or a film I want to watch because the Cardinals have loaded the bases in uh, the top of the 12th inning. So that's okay. I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening and uh, we can continue <laughs> talking about baseball and theory. All right. So, but I say to John, the beautiful thing about opening day is everything is potential. That's right. Now your team has been horrible, atrocious for years, <laughs> Jeff. I mean, I hate to rub it in, but I'm just trying to tell you what is. I mean, it's not a surprise to you. No, no, but they're the first place. Well, they were in first place Thursday, <laughs> moment momentarily, and uh, already they're at 500. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but but that's just it. I mean, what I love about baseball is you can go to an abysmal team and watch them play, and you may still see something you've never seen. Hmm. Uh, Scooter Jeanette, we were at a game a, a couple of years ago. He has four home runs in a game. I've been watching baseball all my life. I don't think I've ever seen that at any level, not live anyway. Uh, and, and so that I think that's what keeps me coming back. And, of course, you're loyal to your team. You you, uh, you, you, uh, your friends in Pittsburgh went through a long, lengthy dry spell, right? Decades uh, with even having a winning, a winning season, uh, and so uh, you, you know, you know uh, that of which I speak. But you still love your team; mm-hmm. they're your team. I just can't divorce my team. I don't know. Uh, my sons are the same way. They've grown up with the Reds, 
and uh, they've not jumped ship, even though they've been largely horrible. As you, as you said, 2010, 11, 12, good years. That's about it, other than uh, since 1990. We've done really nothing significant. But you just love the game. And, uh, right, and, you made, and, right, and your team made a lot of good moves in the off season, And so things, things are looking up for the Reds. I hate to say it, but things are looking up for the Reds. So, but when you wrote um, Sports for a Living, you talked about Major League Baseball, but you also wrote about SEC football. So is baseball still the love, your personal love, or do you like football better? Oh, there's, there's, no, there's no comparison. Baseball baseball's our first love. I love, I love the game. Uh, love I love SEC football. I graduated from the University of Georgia. I've been a Bulldogs fan my whole life, and it's a good time to be a Bulldogs fan. But, no kidding. But football, football is just, I mean, I, I do. I love college football. I'm not a big pro football person. Uh, and down in Georgia, the Falcons, if you know the Falcons, anything oh, yeah. about them, you'll understand why. But uh, the baseball is just different. I mean, baseball is every day. I love the pace of baseball. I grew up in the country. And, you know, again, you listen to on the radio, you sit on your porch, and it's, there's, you know, you know, there's community around baseball. I love to talk baseball. I mean, I, in fact, I'm at the TGC National Conference in Indianapolis this week, and uh, I've, I've had, there's been two or three times today that I've, I've been stopped by friends who are baseball fans, and we've talked about like, Cardinals fans in this particular instance. I'm sorry to tell you that, and mm-hmm. they were, you know, letting me know how, how good the addition of Goldie's going to make them. Thanks. I'm sure it will. Uh, that's right. But, but, you know, we just, we stood and talked baseball. Baseball brings people together. It's, it's, I mean, Bob Costas, I think, think said once that, you know, baseball's like church. Many attend, but few truly understand. Baseball's just its own thing. There's sports and then there's baseball. Yeah. To me, anyway. And that's the way it's always been. So, yeah, baseball, there's no, baseball always be my first love when it comes to our get the games people play. Jeff Robinson is with us, senior editor for the Gospel Coalition and a lover of baseball. All right. So, um, we only have a couple minutes left, Jeff. From your perspective, seriously. I mean, how do you feel about your team this season? We're going to be going up against each other over and over and over in the National yes. League Central. How do you feel? <laughs> well, I don't feel very good about playing 80 games in the National League Central, seeing as how I think it's the best division in baseball. Right. But I think I think the Reds will win 80 to 85 games. Okay. 85 games would be a major victory. I think, I mean, assuming the pitching can stay healthy, uh, Sonny Gray did not look good yesterday at a Hope that's not uh, who he really is now. Actually, it was a, uh, a mediocre year uh, years in in, uh, in New York, especially last year. But it really depends on our starting pitching, just like it does, uh, you know, with with every team. But I I think the Reds will be around 500. And, and after losing 95 plus games for uh, five straight years, uh, that's that's a, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. That'll keep us coming back. It's like, it's like hitting a, a shot in golf. That's good. You play terrible the rest of the round. You always go back <laughs> because you know you think there's there's always hope. And, uh, you know, this time of year, there certainly is a lot of hope in Cincinnati. Reds fans are excited that they've been largely persona non grata for the past four or five years because of the, the, the shape of the team. But uh, the fans are going back, and uh, there's quite a bit of excitement. No one thinks we're going to win the pennant. We're not deluded uh, to that degree. But you never know. You know, that's why, that's why it's, all, <laughs> it's all potential, Jeff. It's all potential. It is. That's, that's what's right. beautiful about it. Same thing. Okay, well, I've gone on record. I've gone on record in saying that the Buckers are going to win 86 games, though um, okay. watching what's happened with Felipe Vasquez, our closer, over the last two games is not <laughs> inspiring confidence in me. <laughs> but that's okay, Jeff, because it's all potential. Jeff Robinson's been with us. We've been talking about baseball. Jeff is senior editor for the Gospel Coalition. Find out more information about him on our website, johnnycathyshow.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. 
At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Veterans face treacherous situations filled with peril while serving our country. Many veterans come home physically injured, suffering with PTSD, have traumatic brain injuries or other ailments. Treatment is available, but we need your help. Help Heal Veterans, with the support of generous citizens like you, improves veterans' lives on a daily basis across the United States. For over 45 years, Help Heal Veterans has provided over 30 million therapeutic art kits and craft projects to these critically injured veterans, at no charge to them. Doctors, therapists, and brain injury experts recommend this type of therapy. Since the beginning of World War I, over 100 years ago, Art and craft therapy has proven to improve gross motor skills, improve memory, and lessen anger issues in healing veterans. To volunteer or learn more, visit HealVets.org. Help a veteran. Visit HealVets.org. Get smarter every day at Ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try OZY.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. If you're having a hard day, if you're overwhelmed by stuff going on in your personal life or you read the news and you think, really, I'd have to read this every day. Listen, I have such a great story to share with you. It's just this story just made my whole day when I read it this morning. This is from uh, People.com, an article by Jason Dwayne Hahn. A homeless eight-year-old Nigerian refugee who recently won the New York State Chess Championship now has a place to live thanks to thousands of people who raised money to help him and his family. Listen to this. According to the New York Times, Tana Tolua Adewumi and his family left Nigeria in 2017 when they feared they would become the target of Boko Haram terrorists. Tani, his older brother, and his parents obtained asylum in New York City, where they have since lived in a Manhattan homeless shelter. And it is during their time there that Tani learned to play chess, which turned into a passion that would eventually lead him to make headlines across the country. In just a little more than a year since first learning the game, he earned, are you ready, first place at the 52nd New York State Scholastic Championships Tournament for kindergarten to third grade players in March. The elementary school student went undefeated throughout the tournament, which featured players from elite private schools with private chess tutors. How awesome is that? Tanny's impressive accomplishment even got the attention of former President Bill Clinton, who invited him to his offices in Harlem. Tana Tolua, you exemplify a winning spirit in chess and in life, Bill Clinton wrote on Twitter, and kudos to your hardworking parents. Now, Bill Clinton wasn't the only person moved by the young boy's story as a GoFundMe set up to help Tanny's family raised more than $246,000. 
in just 10 days. And now the New York Times just reported this week the family finally has a place to call their own. I still think I am dreaming, said Tani's dad, Coyote Adewumi. He told the newspaper in a follow-up story, I hope I don't wake up. I have a home, Tani shouted. I have a home. Now, not only not only that, but the family isn't going to use the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they've received just for themselves. Instead, they are going to donate 10 percent of it to their church who helped them when they needed it the most, they said, and will use the rest to help other African immigrants who are having difficulty settling in the United States. Quote, anyone who's coming from Africa who's in the position we were in, Adewumi explained, we will help them. The family will distribute the funds through their new Tanataloa Adewumi Foundation. The U.S., he said, is a dream country. Thank God I live in the greatest city in the world, which is New York, New York. Wow. What a story. Oh, my gosh. That is absolutely terrific. So congratulations to Tanataloa Adewumi and his family. He was homeless two years ago. He was almost six months ago, came from Nigeria and uh, earned first place at the 52nd New York State Scholastic Championship Chess Tournament for kindergarten to third grade players. And you know what I think my favorite part is, other than the fact that he gave 10 percent to his church and is going to help other African immigrants. I love the fact that he worked really hard with his mom and dad, and he still beat players from elite private schools with private chess tutors. Isn't that good? Such a cool story. That is why the Pirates should beat the Cardinals today. <laughs> $76 million payroll for the Pirates, $168 million for the Cardinals. The Cardinals are currently beating the Buccos 6-5 in the bottom of the 11th. There's one out. Let's go, Bucks. Have yourself a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.